welcome to the Unfiltered Recovery Podcast with Michael Mazel, where we dive into the world of recovery. There is no one way, one filtered way to live out your best future in recovery. It is unfiltered. It is expansive. This is your invitation to take away the filter so we can push your limits of exploration for recovery. We will offer tips, tricks, tools, thought-provoking questions, and motivation to live out your best future unfiltered. I'm ready, but the question is, are you ready? Let's do this. All right, all right, all right. We are smack dab in the middle of summer. Some of you have your kids on summer vacation still. School is right around the corner in the next month. I can't believe I said that, but yes, I'm saying it. So in the middle of summer, on Unfiltered Recovery, we have another amazing topic that we are going to be talking about. And again, I get Matt Morgan, the Matt Morgan kicking off these amazing episodes with me, these themes, shall I say, because it's important. And I love his attention to this. I love that he is here as the CEO wanting to be a part of this podcast and wanting to really get some incredible messages out to you guys. And to also just let you know, hey, we really want to make impact on so many of you. And so with that being said, yes, Matt Morgan is here. And we have this pretty deep topic. We are all in recovery from something. I know some of your faces might be shocked, but I'm going to say it again. We are all in recovery from something. And this podcast, this month, this theme, this is your invitation to take a deeper dive into your world into what you have gone through, what your friends have gone through. We're going to open up this topic by really talking about how expansive recovery is. And it's also dropping that stigma. It's dropping like, oh, when you think of the word recovery, instead of you being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Or like, oh, that person must have been through a lot. It's so much more than just that deep look, right, Matt? We are taking a broad approach here, not granular (laughs) level bird's eye view. So Matt, when I dropped this topic on you, I was like, Hey, we're talking about, we're all in recovery from something. What does that mean to you and for you? Yeah. So I think of, first of all, I think you're awesome, Michael. I think it's fun (laughs) to always talk every month. I get to look forward to this. It can't be any better today. So I'm so pumped and stoked. So thanks for having me again. When you talked to me about this, just listening to you, I thought about in order to be in recovery, you have to recognize that you've had some kind of trauma in your life. And let's face it, me personally, you ask this as a personal question, there's a lot of denial to begin with that many people go through. And I've certainly been through, which is like, did this thing, whatever it is, really happen? It can't be happening. Why did this have to happen to me? It's one of those normal, natural thoughts. So for me, the things that come across my mind when I think about the kind of recovery that you could be going through that I've been through, it is deep. It's a little painful. It's a little hurtful to talk about. It's a little scary because there's emotion behind that. I'll start with a less emotional one. How about that? So I don't lose it in the first five (laughs) minutes of the, the podcast. But first I'll just say, this is true. It's real. But I grew up and moved like 16 times before I graduated from high school. It was a massive amount of moving 
in my life across the country. And while this doesn't appear to be on the surface very traumatic, I moved at some pivotal times in my life where I was forming my own friendships and beliefs and becoming a person. And I got ripped away from great friends and good family even that were close. And that was experience for me that was more negative than positive. And it led me to this, some of these bad places. Like I chose to be someone different when I moved to another place. It was a little traumatic. It was certainly traumatic for my parents <laughs> because of some of the things I chose to lash out and do. But recovery for me now related to that was learning how to adapt and to be able to be someone that I need to be for the next season of life. And that took me a lot of mistakes, a lot of moves and a lot of shifts in mindset and mentality. But that's a recovery process because I haven't moved in a while. That's an easy one to talk about. But one that's it's a little more painful is I've been through divorce. I've had three kids with my first wife, and it's fortunately been over um, 11, 12 years ago now, but it's very traumatic. And I'll tell you, there's still scars, obviously, today in that process of recovering with my new wife over the last seven and a half years, eight years in our relationship and seven years of marriage. It took a lot of effort. It's taken a lot of work. It's taken a lot of emotional recovery. And those are just simple ways that, you know, what is it? 50 some percent of all people in America have gone through a divorce, I think is what the statistic is. So I know I'm at least speaking to half the people that <laughs> are listening that, that you've been through something traumatic and is divorce. And it takes a recovery process, literally, physically, emotionally, behaviorally, spiritually. So I feel like I can have an impact on this topic, though I'm not in a substance use recovery process or mental health. You could, I guess someone could argue with me, right, Michael? You could say, Matt, I think you are in recovery from a mental health disorder. It's called divorce, and you're just trying to deny it, like by what you just said. So I don't know, but I don't know if that helps. That's where I am when I think of recovery. It's just how it affected my kids and how it affected my family that have never really had anyone divorced before, how it affected me all the offspring and the offshoots of family and the connections that are just totally severed in that process. And so that's a recovery and it yeah. takes time to get over. And it's a battle every day to make sure you don't get caught up in things that would ever make you want to go through that process again. That's for yeah. sure. You nailed it because your example, Matt, is exactly why we're talking about this topic is because I want the world to normalize saying that you're in recovery, normalizing that trauma happens to probably every single person. I would think that it has, whether you know it or not, but also looking at that word, because when you say the word trauma, people are like, oh, that's scary. And that's heavy. And there's no way that happened to me, but it's like, Hey, it's part of the human experience, whether we want to admit it or not trauma, horrific things that sometimes we tend to block out because let's be real. That's also part of the human experience is we tend to forget traumatic things because it's our body's way of protecting us, but it's also us choosing to look at those things and to be like, Hey, how can I become a better person? What is it that is laying deep in those layers of that onion that I can address to be a better human? And so even when I roll into that, you just mentioning getting into recovery, talking about those different things, even just from a divorce standpoint and moving all across the country, for me, it's substance use disorder, but it's mm -hmm. also like saying, Hey, what are the similarities? So you look at all these different ways that we're in recovery from something, but what are the anatomy trains is what I like to call it. Like, how is it all connected? I look at it yeah. as like, we all need community, right? We are all mm -hmm. learning. 
we are all seeking to not isolate, but to explore. What are those similarities, Matt, that you kind of see too, when it comes to being in recovery from, it doesn't matter what, but what is that common theme? Yeah. And as you were thinking, and not to not answer your question first, but I think the challenge too is I think it's easy to let ourselves think that the issue has to be really traumatic, right? Like something big has to happen. But what you just said clued me in on this. And the reality is it's actually, I think maybe the opposite that we need to focus on. And that's all the little things in life that, that affect a person. And if not recognized as things that are hurtful, that have damaged you, that have created a, a potentially challenging situation for the individual, you could find yourself in a spiral, downward spiral that could create much bigger issues. One quick example, and I'll give you the answer I think you're looking for. Think about who possibly is listening today. If, if it is people that are employed by Bertava Health and certainly other people that are healthcare workers or even just workers in general, anyone that's employed. How many different things have people been asked to do differently or changes to a person's job on a routine basis? The job that someone does every single day, every single week, maybe it's a change in complete role. Maybe it's just we're taking duties away and giving them to someone else. We're asking you to do more. Whatever it is, those things can create something really negative over time if a person allows that. And that can create a situation where they have to recover from mentally to be able to do their job. And so you started talking about what are the things that people need, no matter what the situation is. I think you said it, honestly, I was going to just repeat it because it was so great. Michael, you like nail it. It's like community. You can't be alone. Being alone and isolated is the absolute biggest problem that anyone faces in life. We were not meant and made to be alone, even in the good times. You're mm -hmm. meant to share the good times. In the bad times, you're meant to share in the bad times. And so to me, it's having a community. Number two, I think it's having that deep sense of who you are and what do you really want to accomplish? What is my purpose? And what am I trying to get out of this? And making sure you're grounded beyond what the situation is. And then thirdly, I think it's just a matter of living that out in a way that is defined. And it's not just, I'm gonna just keep going without thinking and I'm just gonna show up tomorrow and not try to make a difference. It's literally focusing on a plan and having your people, having your purpose and having your plan that can work together so that it will help you get through those situations in a meaningful way, in a constructive way, in a non-damaging way, which then leads you to recover from that situation as small as it may be or even as big as it could be. That is so practical. And I honestly really love that you brought that up because we just totally swung the pendulum, but it's so needed and people need to feel validated, honestly, you know, Matt, in their feelings and every experience matters because it ends up those experiences define us and how we act and react and whether we heal or we don't heal. They have that whole saying with recover out loud. And when I hear recover out loud, it always pertains to drug and alcohol addiction. And if you know me, you know, I don't hide. I 10X my recovery to the nth degree. It's kind of obnoxious to some people and that's fine. I don't care. At least I'm saving lives. So with that being said, <laughs> I always think of the fact that when we choose to recover out loud or just talk about it, I always come back to this point in my life where it's like somebody broke their anonymity to save me, to help me see that recovery in addiction is possible. Even with your example of like people going through traumatic experiences at work, 
whether it's divorce, it's losing a limb in war, it's PTSD, it's eating disorder, it's anything, talk about it. Because when we talk about it, it lessens that power. But I feel that it also gives permission to people to, to be like, hey, like I am exactly that person and it's okay that I'm not perfect and it's okay. And now I have somebody to talk to about it. People need to not hide behind their experiences, but rather share because when we share, we build connection and it helps people to feel like I don't have to pretend like I'm perfect and that I don't suffer from anything because we all suffer. Even this little hurricane of happiness over here, I suffer. Okay. (laughs) I know it's shocking, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're right. And it's a fallacy to think that people can live life go through all the crazy events of a person's life and do it on their own without needing release of whatever took place in their own life to share that with other people and to feel free to do that. But I'll tell you, it doesn't happen just because you and I are sitting here talking on a podcast. What happens is people connect with others in a deep and meaningful way that gives people a sense of security, of trust, of confidence, and of support that allows people to at least go a little bit further than maybe they did ever before, which was just to say, this is actually what I'm really struggling with right now. And I'm desperate and I don't have anyone and I need someone to help me. And this is why I need them to help me. Do you know of anyone or can you just listen? And frankly, until people like me, you, others, that I'll be honest, there's a lot of times I feel like I have answers. But you know what I've learned in 47 years, almost 48, and my answers have worked for me. And if they can work for others, great, but it's not the answer. It's just an option. And I think the reality is for people to listen more and to just be that Alexa in the room, listening to what they want and what they need, and then trying to use your intelligence and your experience and your compassion and your purpose to then give them back something that they can benefit from. But I don't think it happens on its own. I think it's intentional and has to be created that environment. And so I hope we can do it. I hope I can do it more. I hope that in my role, I can do it more. I hope that people that have the ears of others can actually get them to use their mouths more. And we use our ears more as leaders. And so I think one other thing I would just say, Michael, is for people in recovery that I've talked to, you don't have to have been going through the exact same thing to be able to help them. I've talked to a number of people that have suffered from alcoholism or maybe it's opioids and they have just been really on a constant battle of drug addiction because they're in such pain for the last 12 years since they fell off a ladder at work and they've never been able to wean themselves off and they've sought help and they've lost jobs and they've lost families. And there's all those things that have occurred in their life. And you know, one thing I know is it, I never had that problem, but what it never did for me in that conversation with that person is it never created an environment that they didn't feel comfortable sharing with me that situation. And I didn't have to have that experience. I had to have the empathy. I had to have the understanding. And frankly, when we got up after many hours of conversations with these people and we're giving each other hugs and we're going to in our own way, support them either through prayer or through just accountability or conversations, continued conversations over weeks and weeks and weeks that are very tiring, very difficult. That's when it actually shows up is when you're consistent in those conversations and connection. And that's when you get people to actually break the barrier 
and begin to communicate about their situation. And to me, that's the goal. Just get people to start talking instead of keeping silent. The Matt Morgan just gave you all an invitation. And that invitation is to stop hiding. We can't heal what we don't reveal. Let's heal together and heal in community. So it is my hope that you accept Matt's invitation. And again, it's for like the greater population too. Like you said, Matt, it's for everybody to just choose to be there to listen, whether you went through it or not, just allowing people to be human and to own their experience and to not judge them on their experience. That starts that process. Oh that yeah. You, that- I loved your, you can't be healed if you don't reveal or something yeah. like that. Something like, what an awesome statement. That's huge. And you know what? I, I'm going to share this because it's so true and it's, it's personal. It's real. All humans fool ourselves so much by thinking we got this. If you're a strong type A person, you're like, man, I can do this. I can beat this myself. I can go through this wall. I can keep this thing silent and not have to share any of the problems. But the reality is you're dead wrong. And in fact, if you keep it quiet, you may be dead, depending upon whatever you're struggling with. For me, I mentioned my probably biggest traumatic experience of divorce. I kept that secret for so long the difficulty I was going through with my ex-wife. And so did she. And we're friends and we do things as families now together. So we've gone through that recovery process where all of our families still get together on our kids' behalf. And we've learned how to do that. But prior to the actual awareness for the family, we kept it secret that this is what we were struggling with. And we were not going to share it. And I chose more so. I'm not going to tell my parents. I'm going to make this happen. And you know what? Every single day that I kept that quiet, I dug a deeper scar in my body and my heart that took so much longer to recover that affected my relationship with my new bride and my new wife, because I just thought I could do it on my own and I could get through it. And it was just me. I don't need to worry everyone else. And it was the moment that I finally expressed what was going on to my dad in the back patio of my house. And I was scared to death and I'm 30 some years old. And I'm like scared to talk to my dad about this. And it's my dad. He <laughs> loves me unconditionally. You know what I mean? And, and those are the kind of people that you want to be able to share. I was scared to death. But the moment we had that conversation, it wasn't about blame. It wasn't about why. It was just, this is what's happened. And this is what's going to happen. I have never felt so free in my life from a stressful situation that I've been carrying for over a year and a half. When he left, he hugged me. They went and did their thing. I was still in the mess, right? It didn't just take it away. I'm still in the mess. But man, my outlook and my confidence of here's who I am. And this is really who I am. This is the ability that I can go do and we can get through this. And I, I didn't experience that until the moment I finally shared what was going to happen. And I didn't handle it perfect. I screwed it all up. I could have done so much better, but it was through that process that enabled me to see what you just said, which is you can't be healed until it's revealed. And for me, it was sharing what I was going through that finally gave me this freeing effect to drop the weight and like move forward. And so I hope that is how people that are sitting there. And it is an invitation. Oh my gosh, I'm the CEO of a company that's trying to help people live their best future out. And if you hear this message and you have something, whether it's family, whether it's substance use, whether it's anything that you're struggling with, you better have that friend to go talk to and quit fooling yourself because you're just bound to make it harder for yourself. And so I would just encourage you to open up and find that one person you can confide in and just trust. Why not just give it a shot? 
and see what happens and see how your life can change. And so hopefully, if anything, you know what, Michael, this wasn't the intention, I don't think, of this podcast. But if you know what, if one person hears this and they actually are able to open up to someone about a stress or a struggle that they're going through and they are able to overcome that as a result of this, man, what a success. Oh, you know dude. what I mean? Oh, this is so, totally the intent from the podcast. Are you kidding? Oh. Well, I figured I would just kind of plug you there so you can say what it's all about. But you oh, know what it I is. mean? It is. It's it so is. cool. And I hope uh, that's what happens. Thank you so much for sharing a big piece of yourself with the world. I appreciate it so much. Guys, and you wonder why he keeps coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's fun. And you need to say this. We've not rehearsed any of this. This is just off the cuff. It's un filtered and I love it and I'm excited about it and I hope I hope we all can live an unfiltered life so that it helps us be who we really are supposed to be authentic and genuine and what we're all about Matt Morgan and Michael Mazel can you believe it it's, it's the double m's like M &M. Matt Morgan Michael Mazel m quadruple this is how <laughs> we do thank you guys so much for being here what an episode to close this episode I want to remind you that if you or someone you know is struggling to find a path to recovery, you can take the first step toward living out your best future by calling Vertava Health at 877-404-2143.